This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. just this country and our society and all, it would have been terrible if they had been aborted, wouldn't it? What if Dr. King had been aborted? Maybe somebody would have stepped up, but you don't know, do you? He had a purpose. And maybe our purpose is not maybe quite so grand as that, but still, in our individual world, our life has a purpose. Amen? We have significance, we have purpose, and we all have abilities. And I found that it's in these three areas that the enemy will try to attack us the most. He will try to tell us that you don't matter, that you don't, you're not worthwhile, that you have no worth, that it really wouldn't matter whether you lived or whether you died. It doesn't matter. He always wants to lie to us about our significance. And then if he can't get us there, he will tell us, well, you know, what you do really don't matter. It don't matter. You're, what are you? You're just a single mom raising a couple of kids. You're struggling all the time and everything. It don't matter. Absolutely, your life matters. Because what you're pouring into them will go forth, you know, after you're gone. You know, our lives are like, you know, dropping a rock in the water. You throw a rock in, in a puddle or something, and it hits right there, and the splash is gone, but the, the ripples keep going, don't they? There's a purpose. And then if he can't get us there, usually he'll tell us, well, you know, you don't have that much talent. You can't do this. And you, He always tells you what you can't do. He never tells you what you can do. You know, you can't sing. You can't dance. You can't whatever, you know. You can't do this. You're not a great speaker. You're not this. You're not that. You're not. But everybody has some abilities. And if we understand these three things and we connect with God with our faith, then our life can make a difference. And it can make a difference in those around us. And that's really what relationships is about, isn't it? We, we're in relationships with people because what we value them, they value us. Why? Because we have significance. Let's look at some of these things. A turnover, uh, it's always good to start at the beginning. Let's look in Genesis 1, verse 26. You have significance. You have significance. Why do we have significance? Because we are made, you are made in the image of God. You are God's creation. And we're going to see here in Genesis 1.26, it says that God said, Let us make mankind, that means men and women, in our image and in our likeness. You are made in the image of God. Are you listening? That gives you significance. Two things. Number one, you're God's workmanship. You're God's creation. God made you. The Bible says in Psalms, when I was in my mother's womb, you know, all my parts were being knit together by God. We are His creation. That's why every life matters. That's why your life matters. It's significant because you were made by God. You're God's handiwork. And you're made in the image of God. Say, my life matters. Boy, I'm going to tell you, listen, young people, your life matters. Don't ever let the devil tell you it doesn't. Just because you're going through difficulty, just because you've had a setback, just because you've had a failure, that does not define your whole life. 
That's a part of life, but that does not define your life. Everyone has troubles. Everyone's had setbacks. Everyone, anybody in here has never failed at anything? We'll let you come up here and finish the, the message because you got me beat. No, but see, that, that's not what defines us. That's, see, the enemy will try to come and tell you that's what defines you. Well, you know, if you do everything perfect, then you have significance. If you've never made a mistake, you, you've never hurt somebody else, or been, then that makes you significant. No, what makes you significant is who created you and whose image you were created and to whom you belong. Listen, sin and the lies of the enemy if we listen to them, if we allow them to rule us, they diminish who we are. Isn't that what happened when sin entered in, when Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed God and sin entered into their lives, what did it do? It diminished them, didn't it? And they no longer saw themselves the same way that they once did. Remember, they, they said, oh, we're naked, and they tried to clothe themselves, they tried to make, you know... They took some leaves and put them together and tried to make their covering and everything. They lost their worth. They lost their sense of significance when sin come in. But thank God we've been restored because 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, If any person be in Christ, anybody in Christ? Put your, you've put your faith in Him as Savior. You're in Christ. They are a brand new creation, a brand new person. Hallelujah. Your worth has been restored. Your significance has been restored because what? You are in Christ Jesus. He goes on to say, old things, what? Passed away. Or in other words, old things are dead. When we say somebody has passed, we know what that means. What? They died. Old things have passed away. Old things have died. And behold, all things in your life now are what? Are new. Brand new. You've got that brand new smell about you. Wow. You're significant. Your life matters. You belong to God. You're God's workmanship. You're, you're created by Him. And if you are a Christian, you've been recreated by Him, made brand new. And God says all your sins and all your past, it's under the blood. He's forgotten it. He's forgiven it. And you've got a brand new life. Your life is significant. Let's say that again. My life matters. Don't let the enemy come to you and try to point out all the things as to why your life doesn't matter. The only reason we have significance is what? We are God's creation in Christ Jesus. We are His handiwork. That's my significance. My identity is found in Christ Jesus. That is my significance. And because I'm in Him, my life can make a difference. Because He's living in me, He's living in you, my life can affect others in a powerful and positive way. Amen? You know, it's interesting. Jesus said one of the primary ways that this life of significance would impact other lives is, in, is, is through a way that seems very commonplace. Now, you know, I'm just like you. Man, I love being around when God's doing a miracle. Don't you? Oh, man, He's healing somebody, open blind eyes. He's restoring people's lives when He's working miracles. I love that, don't you? I mean, when it's one of those spectacular miracles. Man, I'm telling you. I remember uh, uh, in Argentina preaching at a meeting there. 
we were preaching there in, uh, uh, help me out, honey, which, where was it with the guy in the wheelchair that got up? Which city was that in? Rosario, thank you. We were in Rosario. We were preaching, and there were hundreds and hundreds of people there. We prayed for this guy. He was in a wheelchair, and we prayed for him. And, I mean, God raised him up right there. He is walking around everywhere. I sat in a wheelchair, and he pushed me around. I love it when God does stuff like that. I wish he'd do it every time. If there was a button to push, I'd push that button every service. It, it's awesome. I mean, uh, everybody, I mean, the place goes wild. We love that, and we should. But listen, on a day-to-day basis, God works his significance and, and his grace to us in a very commonplace, seemingly, way. And that is what? As we serve one another. Boy, I know it. That... Man, that's hard. We, see, the reason is, is our flesh don't like serving. Now, see, our flesh likes a spectacular miracle. Man, my flesh gets goosebumps, and I get happy, and my emotions get in, and everything's working, man. You know? But when we serve, our spirit can be happy about it, but our flesh don't like it. My flesh wants to be waited on. I, my flesh don't want to wait on others. I want to be waited on. I don't want to bring you a cup of water. You bring me a cup of water. <laughs> Amen. Come on. But that is what, the primary way that we, we are given to work. And notice he says here, look over in Psalm 8. Well, we'll just read it here. Save time, 126, because we're running low on our time here. God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness. So they made them. And he said, and he, said he gave, made them and gave them dominion. He gave them dominion. In Psalm 8, the psalmist says this. He said, what is man that you would give your attention to him, that you would be aware of him, that you would be, take such concern about him? And he goes on to say, he said, he is Made you made man just a little lower than yourself. Wow. And gave him dominion over the works of your hands. Why are we do we have significance? Number number one, we're God's creation. Number two, we're God's handiwork. But number three, he has given us a place to rule and have dominion. Are you listening? The enemy wants to come and tell you that you have no control in your life. That you are just, you know, going through this life and you're buffeted by your circumstances. You're buffeted by the enemy. All this stuff happens to you and you have no control. Come on. You are a victim. Bless your little old heart. But God says that He has given us dominion over the works of His hands. Well, aren't you the works of His hands? You're the highest works of His hands. So don't listen when the enemy tries to tell you, well, you know, just, you know, you, you just got to lay down in front of these circumstances. You just got to let life run over you. And you can have this poor old pit E party. Remember I talked about the pit E party? the P-I-T, and you add the Y for you on to it, and the next thing you know, just because you're in a pit, you're starting to have that old pity party. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants to feel like there's nothing you can do. But God says he's given you dominion. 
You know, one of the first things you can do is you can pray. God says He's given you authority in prayer to come boldly to the throne of grace. Wow. You know, God didn't say, call the pastor up and have him pray for you. It's okay to have your pastor. If you call me up, I'm going to pray for you. But you know what? You can come boldly yourself. I don't have any special privilege any more than you do. God will hear your prayer just as quick as he'll hear mine. You can come to the throne room just just the same way I do. We all come by the blood of Jesus. We all come by the grace of God. Don't we? Isn't that right? Sure it is. And so you, you've, one way you can exercise dominion is what? You can begin to pray. When you're tempted to feel sorry, that's, that's your cue to pray. You want to have a P.E. party, don't have a pity party, have a prayer party. You may be down in the pit, but you can pray in the pit. Paul and Silas prayed in the jailhouse, didn't they? Remember that? Boy, they could have felt sorry for themselves. Here we are trying to do what's right. That's preaching the gospel. That's what Jesus told us to do. And they beat us up. Then they falsely accuse us. They put us in prison, and here we are. I could just see old Silas chiming in. Boy, that's right, Paul. They'd probably still be there. At least their bones. But what did they do? They began to, to pray and sing praises. Boy, I'm telling you. That's a good RX if you're in the pit. But we've been given dominion. You've been given, that means to govern and to rule. So the first area of dominion is that God's given us under God is in our own lives, isn't it? It's kind of hard if you're depressed and discouraged to encourage anybody else, isn't it? But if you learn to, what, encourage yourself and then in the midst of it to encourage other people, Begin to, to, to speak words. We talked about that. Words of life over other people. Encourage other people. It won't be long to where you know what? You won't, even, you won't even take notice that you're in the pit or in the prison. Because you're so focused on God in prayer. You're so focused on God in worship. You're so focused on, on God working in other people's lives. That you look around and all of a sudden you realize the prison door is open. And you can just walk right out. We're talking about significance. You are are significant. Say that with me again. I am significant. Oh, pastor, that sounds so much like pride. No, pride is when I say how I feel rather than saying what God says about me. That's real pride. To say that my feelings are more truthful and right than God's Word. Boy, that's pride. It's not pride when I agree with God. That's smart. (laughs) Amen. That's being smart. Then purpose is the second thing I mentioned. We all, we all, we're talking about making a difference as we do life together. And purpose is another thing. We all have, I believe in us, there's something about us. Why do we have these great entrepreneurs? Why do we have these great uh, inventors and, and, and artists and all of the, the things we can talk about? I mean, you know, uh, people, that there's so much creativity. and There's so much moving in our hearts and in our lives that we just feel like there's, there's a purpose for my life. 
there's got to be more than just, you know, going, you know, it's not just about making the widgets, nothing wrong at working at the widget factory, but my life has more purpose than just like, just to, to make the widgets, to pay the bills, to pay off a mortgage or to own, you know, a, a car and pay it off. And then I found out if you live long enough, you got to get another car. You know that wonderful car, you know that, that beautiful new car you thought was the greatest thing in the world? Pretty soon it's going to be old hat and you're going to want another one. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to break down and you're going to need another one, isn't it? So it's foolish to get too attached to all that stuff because it all wears out anyway, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, you know, some people get all, uh, you know, they attach their purpose to, you know, what they possess. They got the latest designs. But the only thing is, you know, some of us are older that know that, you know, 25 years ago, those used to be the, older, the latest designs. And then they went out of fashion, now they've come back into fashion. And you know why that? Because they want your M-O-N-E-Y. That's the reason they change fashions every so often, because now they tell you, you really need a new wardrobe. Because, you know, you're not, you're not with it if you don't have the latest style. Come on, what's the matter with you? You need that $1,000 iPhone. Isn't that about what it runs when it first come out? The newest one went around $1,000? Listen, there's nothing wrong if you can afford it and you got one, but don't let that be your identity. That's not your purpose. Your purpose has nothing to do with what you possess. It has nothing to do with that. So what does it have to do with? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Even though you didn't. First Peter 2. I know you want to know, though. Well, they used to say, inquiring minds want to know. First Peter. Turn over to First Peter. Chapter 2. What is, what is our purpose? I mean, why, why are we here? I mean, Paul said to depart and be with Christ is far better, so why aren't we all with Christ? <laughs> well, it must be what? We still have a purpose. I believe that. The reason we're here is because we have a purpose. The reason you're here is you still have a purpose. You have a purpose in God. One of those purposes is, is we're called to reveal God to our generation. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people. That makes you significant. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. Wait a minute, God. He... you. Isn't this pride? And God going to get our egos all built up here, calling us all these wonderful things? You're chosen. You're chosen people. Wow, I, I like being chosen, especially chosen by God. You're chosen by God. Your salvation was not an accident. You didn't accidentally get saved. God had a plan that included you, and His purpose in choosing you was to reveal Him, to reveal Himself in you and through you to a generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Man, He's just going on and on here. Man, makes you want to stand up. Don't let the devil tell you, you're no good, you don't amount to anything, you're not important, you don't have no, no purpose. Who are you anyway? You can tell him, well, here, turn right over here, I'm a chosen, I'm part of the chosen people, I'm a royal priesthood, I'm part of the holy nation, I'm God's special possession. By the time you get there, he's going to be somewhere else. 
telling somebody else, trying to convince them they're nobody. You have a purpose. He said, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Part of my purpose is to reveal him to my generation. You know, it, it's sad when you see Christians, you know, uh, when they just look like, you know, God died. They're, they're sad and they're downcast. And when you see them, it's, oh, woe is me. And, and the next time you see them, oh, woe is me times two. And it was bad last time I saw you. It's gotten worse, Pastor. Something's not right. Isn't that right? I know we all go through trouble. I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical of anybody. But, you know, we don't let trouble get us down. Amen? And here's the thing. There's a place for the woe is me. That's in your private prayer closet when you're talking to God. That's when you do your woe is me. God, I'm, 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 man, I'm struggling here, God. I'm, I'm, I'm battling depression here, God. That's who you talk to. Talk to somebody who can do something about it. Or if you've got somebody, this is why it's relationships again. You've got somebody that you're in relationship with, then you can go with them and say, this is what I'm struggling with. Pray with me. But I'm just talking about, you know how I'm talking about. You've run into those uh, precious people. Don't misunderstand me. Love God. But, you know, they, they just got the woe is me on them. You understand what I'm talking about? I hope you do. We're called to reveal God in our lives. We're called to serve. I mentioned that before. Jesus said, you want to be great in the kingdom of God? He said, be the chief servant. Wow. That's different than the world's attitude, isn't it? No, serving is menial. We don't do that. Do you know who I am? <laughs> or do you know who I know? Want to be name droppers and that kind of thing? Because what? In the world system, that's what it's all about. Let me tell you who I know. Let me tell you what I possess. And let me tell you what I do. So we can get the pecking order clear real quick right here. I'm on top, and you're down there. Come on, y'all know I'm telling the truth. Isn't that right? <laughs> but Jesus said not, it's not so in the kingdom of God. He said the greatest will be those who serve. And part of our purpose is we're called to reveal God. And one of the chief ways we do that is what? By serving. We serve. We serve. And, you, you know, uh, when we connect together, we start to build those relationships and friendships, we're in a, a situation where we can serve one another. We can serve one another. Why do we, we have our service teams here, you know, like, like our ushers and the worship team and the children's ministry and the hospitality and all the different things that we do? You know, why? because what? That's revealing Jesus. That's part, that's, that's part of our purpose. We're serving and let me just say this, and I say this as your pastor, if you're visiting, I'm not your pastor, so you can ignore this, but it's still Bible. But as your pastor, listen, if all you ever do is come and sit and receive, listen, you're getting the minimum. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're coming. We're glad all of that. But listen, I have to tell you, you're getting the minimum. If you want the maximum, you need to serve. Get involved and serve somewhere. Amen. We're called to fulfill our assignment. Did you know you have an assignment? 
you're more important than you thought. See, there the devil's been talking to you. Ephesians 2, listen to this. Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's handiwork. You are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus, what? To do what? Good works, which God has prepared for us to do. Wow. God has good works for you to do. He has something. He has a plan and a purpose for your life, and He has good works for you to do. And as you do those good works, you're fulfilling His purpose, and you're revealing God to those that you serve. This is what God's like. God is love. I found this out. The person that's got the greatest revelation of God's love is usually the one who is the one doing the most serving. Thank you for those two amens and head bobs. I, I take it. Listen, if you want your life to be fulfilled, it's listen, listen to me carefully. It's not about having the latest whatever. Nothing wrong with that if you can afford it. But that's not my purpose. That's not where I get my significance. That's not my value. All those things are are tools. That's all they are. They're either tools or they're toys. But they have nothing to do with your value and your significance and your purpose. Doesn't matter whether you came today in a limousine or on a bicycle. It has nothing to do with your worth or your purpose. And I find out what is it that God has designed for me. And you know how you find that out? By relationship you have with God. I can't prophesy it to you enough. I, you, can't come, uh, you can't come and get it from me. I might, you know, I might can encourage you in it. I might can say, yeah, I believe that's right. But the bottom line is you have to have a relationship with God that's deep enough and alive enough and strong enough that you know, bless God, this is what God's called me to do. This is my purpose, the good works that He's called me to, and I'm going to get busy doing it. And I don't care what anybody else says. Amen. Called And finally, ability. The enemy always tells us, you can't. You know that voice that says you can't? That, that's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. Because God says you can. You can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens you. Isn't that right? So God is a can-do God. He's not a can't-do God. <laughs> he don't know. He don't do can't. You understand, that's bad English, but you know what I mean. He don't understand, cannot. That's not in his vocabulary. That's not in his thinking. That's not in his character. He is always a can-do God. And he has given each one of us gifts and talents and abilities that we are to develop as good stewards. But we, first of all, must understand that our abilities come from God, and that means I can do what God says I can do. I can fulfill my purpose. God has given me the ability to do it, and He will give me the grace to do it. He will give me the power I need to do it. Amen? 
Ability means power or capacity to act. We always, always, always have the choice to do or to not do. Ability is not just about talent. It's about making a choice to do something. I can help. I can pray. I can serve. I can believe God. I can do something to develop the abilities and talents that God's put in me. My, my mental capacity. I can grow up emotionally. Some, one of the best things, biggest things a lot of Christians could do to help the body of Christ is just to grow up emotionally. Let your emotions catch up with your physical growth. Come on. Oh, boy. So many people. Not in church anymore. Why? They got their feelings hurt. Wow. Holy cow. Anybody here never had your feelings hurt? I don't see any hands. And again, I'm not trying to be critical, but I'm saying we need to grow up, don't we? Listen, you're going to get your, you live in this world, you're going to get your feelings hurt. In church and other places too. (laughs) It's going to happen, isn't that right? I told you, I've been criticized by experts. I mean, there are experts that criticize. They can find every flaw in me, every, every, you know, every speck in my eye. Of course, the beams are easy to see, aren't they? But, I mean, man, they're experts. You've probably run into them. Bless the heart. We, have, we all have time, we have talent, we have treasure. We are responsible to do something with it, aren't we? And what I'm saying is we take all of that, our ability to act, to choose, to govern, our time, our talents, our treasure, and the bottom line is this, as we serve, you know what you're doing? You're adding value to life. My life is better because you're in it. Now, see, the devil will tell you, man, get away from them people. They're going to hurt you. They're going to criticize you. You know, you want to just get by yourself. But you're not better off by yourself. That's a lie. We take all that you have been given, and you have been given, and all of us have been given, and I've been given, and when we come together in a relationship, we come together, we begin to serve one another. You know what we do? We add value. We add value to the body of Christ. Because what you have, I need. What I have, you need. What you have, I need. What you all, we all need. Because we're better. We're not worse. We're better. I'm better with you. We're talking about doing life together. And all of this, my significance, your significance. My purpose, your purpose. What God has given me, what God has given you. What God's doing in me, what God's doing in you. When we bring that all together, serving one another, encouraging one another, doing life together, you know what? We're better. We're stronger. And we do more for the kingdom of God. Let me give you a couple of action points here, and then we're going to have the communion and dismiss you. Let me ask you some questions here. Do you see your life as significant? Man, I'm telling you. When I grew up, you know, 
you know, I've shared bits and pieces along about my testimony growing up. But, you know, just totally, just, you know, in poverty, an abusive alcoholic dad, you know, uh, uh, my mom was sick and in and out of the hospital, and it was just, you know, times were tough. It was hard. And people just, you know, put you down. I can't, I can't remember growing up ever hearing an encouraging word. You know, you're no good. Your daddy was no good. And you just like him, and you ain't going to be any good. You know, you, how many of y'all heard this stuff, hadn't you? We all went through some form of that. You know, so it can begin, when you, then when you run into God and He says, you know, you have significance, boy, it takes some persuading, don't it? Have you embraced your purpose? That's what makes life worth living. Listen, young people, it's great. It's great. God gives you an idea for a business or promotes you and He blesses you. That's absolutely good. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having stuff, having a nice house, all of that stuff. God's all for that, but that's not your purpose. That's not your value. Because that stuff can go as quick as it came. But it don't matter because what my purpose is not that. It is in what God's called me to do and, what, and who God's called me to be and in serving other people. And then finally... Are you using your abilities to add value to other people? See, this is the thing about our small groups. When we come together in a small group, I can encounter all that God has put within you. Do you ever notice a lot of times in church we're afraid of one another? We don't want to open up. We put our mask on. Oh, hallelujah. Life is good, life is good, life is good. Well, we should be saying that, but, you know, we all, you know, we get in the car to go home, boy, we're, all of a sudden, boom, we're transformed. <laughs> you ever read that book, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? <laughs> you know, Dr. Jekyll in church, you know, we're all, everything's good, but, man, I mean, all of a sudden, we get in the car on the ride home, Hyde comes out. Hopefully not. Let's add value to one another. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to do communion uh, now as we... Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.